Welcome to GodPod. This is a podcast from St. Paul's Theological Centre in London, based at Holy Trinity Brompton. Mike Lloyd and Jane Williams join me, Graham Tomlin, in talking about theology, life, God, and just about everything else. Well, welcome to GodPod 33, and uh, it's Graham Tomlin here, and with me are Jane. Hello. Good morning, Jane, and uh, and Mike as well. Yeah, that's very true. Hello. <laughs> it is true. We uh, haven't got any guests today. It's just us three. So it's kind of nice just to be us three for a change, isn't it? Us three and our box of chocolates. <laughs> well, we have a box true. of chocolates, which is very good because um, are we allowed to tell Godbod listeners the news? I think so. I think yes. I think I'll have well, exactly. written all the difficult letters by then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the very good news is that Mike Lloyd, who, if you're a regular Godbod listener, well, you'll have benefited from his. Wisdom and humour and all of that. Mike has just got engaged to Abigail, who's a wonderful lady. And, she um, is. Yeah, yes, amazingly, I thought, I thought she said yes. She, she did. Do you want to hear the story? We do. Story. We, were, we were in our favourite restaurant in, on the North Bank, and um, I think she was vaguely expecting something and looked quite kind of cheery at the prospect. And her face began to fall. Hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> Fearful, something Fearful. like that. Uh, her face began to fall as... Um, the first course came and went. The main course came and went, uh, and then the waiter delivered the um, dessert, and uh, my plate was decorated with squirrels and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and Abby was very taken with that and didn't notice that hers was not decorated with squirrels. Hers was decorated mm. with "Abby, will you marry me?" Uh, oh, written on the plate, good. and um, I think. She said yes, because I think she thought she was getting the chef, who's, who's very good indeed. But anyway, she's stuck with me now. So yeah, there we are. That's, right. that's a very high standard of romantic proposal you've set there, Mike, for anybody who's thinking of proposing to their That, that is true, although not, not as good as the person who, who did it from the, the pod of the London Eye, having hammered out in sheets and the field beneath. Debbie, will you marry me? Good gracious. I think it sets the bar about as high as it can get. Yeah, well, if any any good pod listeners are thinking of getting engaged, you can certainly write to Mike to ask him for ideas (laughs) on how to do it in real style. (laughs) So um, there you go. Well, uh, today we're going to look at a number of different um, things. And the first thing is that once occasionally people ask us um, the question, and occasionally it's come in through uh, God pod listeners, uh, it's a simple practical question on, on how do we pray? And uh, I guess different people pray in all kinds of different ways. And uh, I guess the way we pray as individuals might not necessarily be the right way for everybody. But um, uh, strangely, it might be of interest for some people to know how, how we go about um, about praying. And and, uh, and certainly, I, I think the whole relationship between theology and prayer is a really important one. Because one of the, the values we have at the center, at the heart of the St. Paul's Theological Centre is, is that all the theology we do, we want to do in the context of worship and prayer. Otherwise, it becomes another academic subject. And uh, theology is something which seems to me has, has to be done in conversation with God rather than just being about God. So it's not a sort of distant thing which is somehow analysing God in this sort of clinical, distant way. Rather like Augustine's Confessions is actually... A huge prayer. It's all addressed to God. Exactly. Yes. We don't write theological books like that much these days. Not very often, no. Um, Perhaps we should. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, 
I don't know who wants to start. My mobile phone's going on, which is a very bad thing, isn't it, really? I'll just turn it off. <laughs> you should always, you should always turn your mobile phone off before you start something it's, like that. It sounds like a strangulated cat. It does. As well. no, it's, just, it's the roaring guitar setting. <laughs> One of the things that struck me when we visited China um, a year or so ago was um, that we visited a little village church where they were having just incredible numbers of converts every Sunday. Um, and a quite small staff, um, mostly women, of course. Mm. Um, and I said to the woman who was mostly in charge of it, what do you do with all these converts that you have every week? And she said instantly, oh, we send them upstairs. And um, upstairs, apparently, is where they had some, some people who'd been Christians for a little bit longer, simply teaching people how to pray. And they thought that was the most basic thing Christians need to know how to do is to learn how to pray. Mm. And I thought, how very interesting, because I don't think I've ever been taught how to pray. Mm. Um, I, you, as Christians, we tend to teach each other lots of ideas and things yeah. to think about God. Mm. But actually the basic thing, which is the staple of, of, of spiritual life, how to pray, yes. how to converse with your God and listen to him. And of course, it's what Jesus' disciples asked him to teach yes. them. Yeah. And presumably what you expected a rabbi, your rabbi yes. to do was yeah. to teach you how to pray. And particularly they'd seen him praying, they'd been really impressed by yes. the quality and nature and depth mm. and intimacy mm. of his prayer and, and wanted to be taught how to do it themselves. And I think there are plenty of people out there in the modern world who wouldn't necessarily sign themselves up as Christians or members of the church or whatever who would love to know how to pray. Yes, And uh, interestingly enough, of course, the, the Lord's Prayer is precisely the answer to that question yes it's not just a prayer that jesus prayed it's 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 a kind of it's jesus's answer to the question how do we how do we pray mm. and um so therefore it's kind of like a a course in prayer or, or a uh, guidance in how to pray rather than just a prayer that's that's used but um but yeah i mean i don't know who wants to start and say something about how, how, how you do it jane how do you how do, you <laughs> how do i actually praying? do it? um I, my instinct always is to is to go for is to tell God all the things that I'm worrying about, um, and to go for the massive lists of people that I want God to take good care of, <laughs> and who've asked me to pray for them. And I realised that that was actually increasingly taking up pretty well all of my prayer time was just going to God with these great lists, as though God was my kind of PA or something. <laughs> Could you get through all of this for me today, God? Um, and that that was actually, although necessary. To me, I mean, it was no good me trying to pretend to God that that wasn't what was on my mind. Um, I, I also felt that wasn't quite fair to our relationship or, and wasn't going to give God any chance to say anything to me. So I try only to do that now a couple of times a week, go with my list to God. And I find at the moment, and I think I'm sure you two found the same, that prayer does change. You need to do different things at different times. But at the moment, what I'm finding really exciting is praying with the Bible so um, I read whatever it is that the Church of England sets for its daily lectionary readings. Um, and then I take quite a long, long time sort of just praying through that and, and letting God use the words that have helped so many thousands and millions of people in the past and all over the world now mm. to try and speak to me. So um, it, it, won't be, it won't still be the story of Joseph when this God pod goes out, but at the moment it's the story of Joseph that I'm reading, which is the most wonderful story. Mm. And the character of Joseph that comes through and, and what God does um, through Joseph, um, I've, I just find, I found that enormously helpful. Mm. And the other thing I find useful about starting with the Bible is that you don't have to kickstart your emotion, that, you can, that the Bible actually gets you going, because it isn't always easy to feel like praying. 
it's like anything that's good for you somehow the things that are good for us are the things that we find hardest to get going on um whereas picking up the bible is something i can do even when i'm half asleep first thing in the morning and starting to read it and then it's, it's funny, it's, it's a little bit like, and I don't think you like the analogy, Jane, but it's a little <laughs> bit like um, exercise. I never want to do it in advance, but I actually enjoy it when I do it. Well, actually, no, I do like the analogy because I think that is, yes, exactly, one of those things that we know is good for us. And that, mm. as you say, we enjoy once we start. We enjoy but having done yes, as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And benefit from. Benefit from, <laughs> that's right. So how do you do it, Mike? Uh, I, well, I have a, no- a number of different ways. My, my staple is I... I say um, morning prayer, which is, I actually say it in the, the old ASB version rather than the current one, because they have a very nice kind of shorter form, which, mm. which works very well. So it gives you a structure. It's Anglican It's an Anglican prayer book. Prayer book. From they have a thing for morning lessons. prayer and one yeah. for the morning, one for the evening. Um, and it gives you um, some a psalm to say. It gives you uh, some bits of the Bible to say. It gives you... Uh, couple of readings some prayers it kind of it's, it's just a structured bible reading and prayer really that's what it is um and what i like to do in the prayer slot of that it's all prayer but the kind of actual intercession bit is to take um the, the daily newspaper mm. um the letters if they arrive though these days they come to tend to come too late to, to be of use um my diary um and and i do have a kind of each each day of the week list of people to pray for including one god child um per day because i've got seven of them oh, that's very uh, so i have a particular day for each of them and, and pray through those those sorts of things and then w- after reading the biblical passage i like to read a commentary on it um just to kind of deepen the sense of input and the uh, uh, i find i worship best when i've been thinking about something meaty about god really, yes. and that kind of prompts mm. Praise and um, so I think you can tell we're prayer. all theologians that we actually need to get our commentaries out in order to pray. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may, but <laughs> uh, the other thing I do is, is is I love to go for a walk and just pray, mm. uh, particularly somewhere nice and you know, rolling rolling hillside or that kind of thing, and, and use that as a as a prayer time. Um, yeah. Well, I for me. Um, it's funny that this this year I'm trying to go through a discipline of using one of these um, read the Bible in a year things. I managed to buy this. It's very very good little Bible that just divides the whole thing up into thirty three hundred sixty five days. Although it doesn't have a day for February the twenty ninth. Um, yeah, yes. I get a day off tomorrow. You can tell what um, what day it is <laughs> that we're recording this. But that, that's partly um, why I had to propose when I did for, for my well, dignity's yes. sake. Yes. In case Abby proposed to you, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a preemptive strike. Right, yeah. So, um, so that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. And it's, it's it, it is. I'm getting to the bit where it's. I mean, I, I was reading the story of Joseph some while ago through through Genesis, which was fascinating. And of course, Exodus is pretty good too. I'm rather being tested at the moment by. By Leviticus, and I'm right in the middle of all the blood offerings and the wave offerings and the sin offerings, and lots of blood splishing around the altar, and bulls being sacrificed, and sheep and pigeons, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that, that's that's testing my results. Just as well, it's not one of those kind of scratch and sniff texts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's very vivid. And um, and actually, surprisingly, there are some good things that come out of it uh, at the same time. But um, so I'm, I'm doing that. But but also as part of that, and I guess it's always been for for quite a while has has been a discipline I've always had is is that whatever form of 
Bible reading I do or, or and I do tend to switch from, from different things I and mean, I find if I do the same thing for too long it gets a bit stale on yes. me and I have to change patterns yeah. and so on but I suppose one thing that's always been quite important for me is just to use the Psalms and I, I try to do a, to say a Psalm every day because it seems to me what the Psalms do is they, they are like the prayer book of the Bible it's the, it's the bit of the Bible where it's not as if God speaks to us but it, it, you know we get a, a set of words which enable us to speak to God and uh, the Psalms, if you like, if, if we, uh, you know, they're not just things we read, they're things we pray that, that, that if you kind of get yourself into the mindset of the psalmist and you address these words as your own words to God, then then it's almost as if it's putting you in the right place to address God with all the different human emotions that they that they they um, they, they raise and relate to. I think that's the thing, isn't it? The, the complete gamut of human emotion yeah. is there, which doesn't yeah. necessarily ordinarily be reflected in in our worship these yeah, days that's right exactly you, you tend to hand tend to have quite limited emotions that are publicly expressed yeah. Yeah. whereas the psalms do the whole thing yeah that's right and so do encourage you to actually be honest with god yes. which is only sensible since god mm. knows what you're thinking anyway so it's, <laughs> yeah, it's no good trying right. to pretend that yeah. you're not extremely angry yeah. about something that's right. but I, I do recommend that actually using you know praying the psalm not just reading the psalm but praying a psalm you know just getting using those words as your own words to address to god because that seems to be what the, the book is about actually it's to teach us to pray um i think on top of that i also um when well, I, I try to make sure i get a bit of time in the morning every day um getting up before anyone else is up in the house i'm, I'm quite a bit of a morning person i quite like getting getting up at sort of 30 hours and i'm not no me neither no. <laughs> it's interesting that we always record these things in the morning isn't it <laughs> funny yeah, that that's right, exactly. what you mean you'd be even more scintillating mike if we recorded them in the evening i might even be awake <laughs> if we recorded them in the evening. <laughs> we don't want that that's right <laughs> yes, then, then the editor would have even more to do <laughs> than right. usual i've always thought that whole tradition in which is in the bible and in a lot of christian spirituality i think it's john dunn who says god loves an early riser and i've always mm. thought oh drat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no more than he loves people. a late riser. I'm sure not the what John Dunn says. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I commune with God in my bed. That's the other thing. <laughs> that's one of my favourite <laughs> That's verses. a good one. Yes. yes, I don't like all that, you know, early in the morning I will praise thee. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. mm, how about elevenses? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that's when I tend to, to do most of my um, praying. I think the, the other thing I, I do do when it comes to the the other bits of it, I mean, I mean like you, Jane, I, I sort of worry in front of God sometimes mm. and tell him all the things I'm anxious about and and I guess it's it's a struggle to kind of not be a you know just worrying about the thing itself but you know genuinely bringing the thing to God and getting something of God's perspective on that that issue which I, I guess I try to do um, the other thing I do try to do a, a little bit of each day is, is just have a bit of just sheer silence really yeah. just to yeah. to stop talking and stop saying things and in a sense try to allow God to speak to me and almost to say to God look you know, is there anything you need me to here today is there anything you want to say to me is there anything i you want me to do and, and mm. just very occasionally something comes to mind that you think yeah well that's that's yeah that's something that god lays upon my mm. mind and, and you get a sense that, that that's what um you should do for the day and and i think just giving that space helps me to um to realize that prayer is about not just me pouring out my stuff to god but just allowing him to to, to address me and and um get a bit of the bigger picture on my day. I think the other thing I do is I do try to go through all what, what's happening in the coming day and pray over each meeting or person mm -hmm. I'm going to meet or or um, encounter that the day is going to 
going to have. And, and um, so um, that's kind of what I do. The other thing I like to do is, you know, this is particularly related to you know, sermons I have to preach or lectures I have to give or mm. whatever, is mm. um, I usually walk around Lincoln's Inn about 45 times. <laughs> Lincoln's Inn Fields, mm. that is, mm. which is the nearest bit of kind of green space. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just pray about mm. what was it and, and try to hear what God might be suggesting I talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, and I probably look mildly manic as I pace round and round. So it's nice to have an explanation for those of you who have seen Mike walking manically round. <laughs> <Lincoln's in. laughs> he why. is praying. Okay. <laughs> this is why. That's the impression right. I like to give. Anyway. <laughs> it's in, I mean, I think the silence thing is, is so important and mm. And I, it is just worth saying that it's very hard sometimes, mm. isn't it? Silence is very one of those hard. things that actually, again, like exercise or anything mm. else, you, you do need to practice. Mm. And sometimes it comes very easily. But a lot of the time it really doesn't. And then the temptation is simply to give up. Yes. Mm. Um, and and actually silence is so important mm. um, to make time for that. We could try yeah. it on the God Pod, couldn't we? Have a little bit of silence. Should we so. teach everybody how to do this now? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> One of um, Rowan's predecessors at, uh, as Archbishop uh, was once asked in a radio interview how, how much he prayed, how long he prayed for each day. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I don't know, about a minute. And they said, a minute? That's not very impressive, is it? And he said, yeah, but it takes me about an hour to get to that yes, point. yes. Uh, and I think that's what he's talking about, yes. the, yeah. the stilling yourself enough to be silent, to yes. be quiet, to be stilled, to hear God, um, yeah, is, I, is an art and a struggle. And I think it also as a comment, I think when, when Rowan um, Williams came to, to speak at our um, theology course on Monday early in the, the year, and he's talking about orthodox spirituality, one of the things that I think that struck me about that talk was his, his um, a point he made about the way the orthodox pray and the way icons work and all that sort of thing which is that, it, that prayer is not just about us gazing on the f- face of god or that's part of it but it's also allowing god to gaze into our mm. lives as well and that's something of what i think silence does and it's probably why it's quite hard because actually it means you know opening up a little bit of my own heart and mind and soul to God's scrutiny, mm. and um, I don't tend to like that very much. Like anybody is having too much scrutiny in the, my inner life, and so um, no, quite. So you know, I think probably none of us do because because we're, we're quite keen to get on and be busy and do all those sort of things, and yes. not actually to deal with the issues that are bubbling away under the surface. And, and and silence means you have to sort of stop talking and allow some of those things to come to the surface and allow God to deal with them. And I don't think I'm very good at it, but it's 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 a discipline I've. It ties in with, up with the Psalms again, doesn't it? You know, search me, O God, know my heart. Mm. It's, it's allowing God to do that work. There was a nice uh, thing when the monastery program was on um, television, the series where mm. they had five people spending 40 days and 40 nights in, in a monastery uh, down at Worth Abbey. Uh, and they interviewed the abbot about the whole experience. And he said, well, people in their ordinary lives are so busy and so forth and so kind of mm. dashing around doing things mm. that they don't actually know what's going on inside them. Mm. Uh, and mm. so when they come to a place like this where stillness and quiet are kind mm. of mm. embedded into the structure of their lives, yep. um, something is bound to happen. Things are bound to come to the surface mm. that need attention. Uh, so he was confident that you know God would do stuff during yep. that 40 days because they would be forced to. What, what about the... Um intercession and sort of public prayer side of things because i guess um we talked i suppose a bit about our own particular needs people were anxious about ways we commune with god um 
But there's the other, other aspect of prayer, which is you know longing for something to happen. You know, the kind of importunate widow, you know, God, please do this. You know, I really want this to happen, and pouring out you know yourself out in in prayer for something which you just long for in your in your heart. And and so there's that aspect of it. But the other aspect is is because the other part of of a prayer prayerful life is not just praying on your own, but praying with mm. with others as well. Mm. And and certainly here at at, at HTB, that's a um, at Holy Trinity Brompton. It's it's a it's a very strong part of the ministry here. I think is 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 a, a, of a lot of very um, strong corporate intercession. Um, you know that kind of longing in prayer for God to to act within the church, within the world, to transform things, to change things, and so on. So, I mean, how, how do you how do you find those aspects, the sort of more intercessionary um, prayer, um, over wider issues than just our own maybe personal concerns, but and also the corporate aspects of prayer. I, I have to say, I, I get slightly depressed going around worshiping in different places at how little, uh, how small a place intercession tends to have um, in in Christian churches of all denominations and types and traditions. Uh, you go to Anglo-Catholic churches where they say, well, you know, the Eucharistic prayer is everything, we don't really need much intercession. You go to charismatic churches where they say, oh, well, you know, we haven't got time for it because we need more songs. Um, and I, <laughs> I find that public intercession is is is... Uh, really quite paltry in all sorts of ways. And then you suddenly come across a place where some old chap gets up and leads the prayers and it's just stunning. And uh, mm. so it's, I think it's much underplayed and much to our disadvantage at the moment. I, I think it's so important because um, I'm very aware that lots of people are, if, if, you, if people have asked me or us to pray for them, they're sort of relying on us to do that. And they've often asked because they feel they are not hearing God properly or they, they, they're they not sure they can do it on their own. So I think that intercession is so important. I personally find it enormously helpful um, if I've got a person that I'm thinking of. So, for example, praying for the situation in the Middle East um, I have found it transformative to know one or two people ministering in the Middle East. And that that's not because God needs me to do that, but just simply because I it engages my imagination in a different kind of way. Mm. So I, I I do think that if there if there is something that you feel passionately about that God is asking you to pray about, you, you often do have to do some finding out mm. Mm. Um, so that, that so that the commitment to prayer actually begins to be mm. educa- educative and transformative for you, yeah. um, as well as simply saying the words. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think it is one of the most basic things that we're asked to do for each other is pray. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm always very aware that our staff who support us here in um, St. Paul's, uh, um, admin and mm-hmm. and secretarial staff, pray regularly. And you can feel that, can't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think, um, yes, it's very interesting that, I mean, what I give one of the other aspects of it is, is praying with people through through the day again. One of the one of the things that that happens here at Holy Trinity is that at the end of every service, there's usually an opportunity for people to to be prayed for, and people come forward for different things that are, that are there. And there's, there's usually a, a time when when you can just stand and pray, or, or someone will come up to you and, and pray with you or over you or something, which I think is a is a help, helpful thing at, at, at times. And I guess the the other thing is this, is that I think is it's probably part of my prayer pattern in one sense or another is to is that when I'm meeting with a individual or, or, or others, I'll often try to 
if it seems appropriate, pray with that person. Mm. And um, I remember uh, in my last job, I, I worked with um, with Michael Green, who, of course, a great Anglican evangelist, and and um, something he's brilliant at. You know, you'd be talking to him, and then suddenly halfway through the conversation, he would start talking to God. And you said, hang on, is he talking to me? No, no, he's just switched to you. you know? <laughs> he's been very praising of me. <laughs> That's right. And, um, and it was just a natural thing for him to sort of almost to switch between talking to you as a person and then talking to his Heavenly Father and praying for whatever it is that you'd been talking about. And and uh, it was it was a, a real ministry he had. Now, I'm not sure everyone needs to do that, but it was a ministry he had to be able to have a conversation and then quite naturally turn that into a prayer. Um, and he just went about doing that kind of every day. And... and um, and so there's the element of corporate prayer where we all gather together, either in a service or for a specific prayer meeting. Um, but then there's the just praying with an individual, with a Christian mm-hmm. brother or sister during the day at particular moments when there's a conversation reaches that point and so on as well. I also sometimes find it um, incredibly moving to make myself pray when I'm sitting on a tube mm-hmm. or doing my Sainsbury's shopping mm-hmm. or something like that and actually mm-hmm. think in this carriage or this supermarket at the moment i'm god's representative yes. and i um and actually to sort of consciously pray for the people who work there and the people who are there at the same time the people who are sitting on the tube mm. i was doing it this morning as i came in i looked along the the seat and there was a woman sitting three seats down op- with her bible open mm. so i thought oh good i'm not, not the i think it's very often the case that one isn't the only representative yeah, it's the jeremiah kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Ione, no not elijah, yeah. elijah wasn't it Ione, yeah. i'm uh, left yeah, yes. And I guess what that does is it, it just restores the right perspective to things, doesn't it? It all strikes me that, you know, when when Jesus, when the disciples go to Jesus and they say, teach us to pray, his first words are, you know, when you pray, say, our Father. Mm-hmm. And and almost that's the sort of first lesson in prayer is to, is to, is to, is to just bring the Heavenly Father into the context of what you're mm-hmm. doing. And, and, and to kind of remind you, you know, you're not talking to a sort of Heavenly Bank manager that you're hoping to get a loan out of or or a sort of rather stingy uncle that that you know can't be bothered or whatever but this heavenly father that just sets it into the right context and suddenly you know it's funny how just 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 saying those words our father um suddenly brings a, a new light onto any situation you, yes it cracks the you, situation open yeah. to, to god in a way not that it's composed to him but it does in that's right actually invite him in yeah that's right. i just wonder if we're all sounding um very professional and slightly daunting <laughs> and as though we we spend sort of several hours each day mm. in this exercise because that mm. isn't going to work for a lot of people is it it would also be untrue <laughs> it would also be untrue <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I yeah, think, that's, I think that's, that's right. That's right. I, I remember um, a guy who was there. He was the dean of Exeter. He was a, give, give, I remember when I was a curate giving a talk on prayer, and he said, um, "A good guide guideline about prayer is if if a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing badly." <laughs> and, uh, and that's actually true of prayer. That yes. that actually it's really worth doing, and even if you do it badly, yeah. it's still worth doing. And in a sense, you know, I'm a, if you know who, who's a great prayer well none of us would say no. we are no. we'll pray badly but it's just really worth doing, doing. Yeah. yeah i think that's right isn't it it's the one thing clergy hate preaching on or speaking on is because they feel so completely yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> kind of impoverished at it so, so i guess um i mean just to to wrap up today um i guess you know, for, for those those listening to this I, I think it's simply i mean hopefully these thoughts help you in some way um it gives an encouragement to 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 us to 
continue to pray through the day and, and to you to do the same thing. And we hope that as this God pod comes to an end, that it kind of leads you into prayer um, as well as uh, as anything else. Just the other thing, if you're interested in prayer, particularly the intercessionary side of things, um, look on the, the HTB website and particularly in the area of sort of dynamic prayer in the local church, which is a ministry that's led by Jeremy Jennings here, who's a who has this real vision for, for prayer and intercession and um, leads the best prayer meetings I think I've ever been to. Uh, so that might be a, a resource you could um, you could look up. And just, I think, important just to say that these are our particular ways of doing things and yep. other people will have different ones and different things will exactly. work for you. That's right. Find your own particular way mm. and your own particular style. And that any prayer is better than none. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just get praying. Really. <laughs> exactly. It's like speaking language, isn't it? You yeah. just do it and then you learn how to do it. Good. Well, thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure. Congratulations again on your You're engagement. Very kind. Very thank you. And uh, thank you for the roses, chocolates. I nearly started biting into a toffee halfway through this, but then I thought I'd be poor while well, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you thought bit. then I might talk too much while you were incapacitated. <laughs> That's right. So um, thank you to Jane too. No, it was a really useful session. I enjoyed learning both from from you, learning from both of you. Even. <laughs> Great. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this God Pod, and um, another one will be along very soon. That was Godpod, a podcast from the St. Paul's Theological Centre. If you want to send us a question, just email it to godpod at htb.org.uk. We can't promise to answer all the questions you send in, but we'll certainly try. Until next time, goodbye.